Greetings and welcome to Shnayim Mikra, the podcast series developed and sponsored by the Orthodox Union, hosted here at OU.org. In each one of these podcasts, we read, translate, study, analyze, and discuss one of the aliyot from the current week's parasha. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom, and I am delighted and honored to be studying this most beautiful and central parasha of Ha'azinu. With you, we are now about to begin the third aliyah, each of the first two aliyot, was made up of six verses. We are in chapter 32, now verse 13. And as I mentioned in the last podcast, the rabbis developed a mnemonic for remembering the Aliyah breakdown, which paralleled the six-week cycle of the psalm sung, or the song sung, by the Levim with the Korban Musaf Shabbat. Every week they would sing one of these, effectively, Aliyot, and we are now on the third one, which starts with Yod, Hazivlach, Hazinu, Zuchoy Motolam, and now Yarkivehu. I have to remember that the first Aliyah I'm following here, the Sforno's direction in understanding the structure of the Shira. The first one, of course, is an introduction to the Shira as I presented. The second one is an exhortation to learn from history and to remember the essential piece of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. The third is the as we will see in this Aliyah, um, the uh, wealth and protection and security that we enjoyed as a gift of God coming into the land and our reaction to that or our response to that. Yarkivehu albamote aretz. He carried them, the nation, on the high places of the land. Vayochal tnuvot sadai. And they ate the fruit or the produce of the fields. Vayenikehu dvash misela, he fed him honey from the rock. Vishemen michalmish tsur, and oil, oil in the sense of fat, from a flint rock. And the idea here is a description both of the wandering in the desert, but also of the great fruit of the land, and as often happens, nearly always happens in a poetic historiosophy, meaning when in using, um, poetic style and meter and all of the rules of biblical poetry, and but in presenting it as a description of components of history, periods, people, generations get conflated together, and that's exactly what happens here. Chem'at bakar v'chalev tzon. Chem'ah, which in modern Hebrew is butter, in Tanakh is cream. So the cream of the, uh, of the cattle, of the cows, V'chalev tzon, in the milk of the flock, which is goat's milk. Imechelev karim, with the milk of the fatted ones. Ve'elim b'nei v'ashan v'atudim. Now, atud is an interesting word because we're familiar with the word atid in modern Hebrew as meaning, meaning future, but really it means to be standing up. Atudim are animals that stand up tall, and the, and as for instance, the verse in Megillat Esther, meaning standing ready. And when you walk into the future, you are standing up, walking in that direction. So these are uh, the rams of Bnei Vashan that are standing with the fat of the wheat. And this is a phrase that we're familiar with. Now, Dameinav means the blood of the grape, meaning wine. You drink as wine. So in other words, this is now a description of all the bounty that was uh, that was begun in the previous Pasuk, 
And now all of this, the cream and the milk and the meat and the wheat and the grapes, all of this wonderful stuff that God gave us, and now this is in the land, evidently. Vayishman yishurun vayivat. Now the use of yishurun here is, uh, is, has a double entendre to it, meaning there's two different slams that are going on. First of all, there's an alliteration. Vayishman yishurun. Yishurun is another name for Israel. It first shows up, of course, at the end of Devarim. This is the first place it shows up, and then it's famously used. Vayishman melach. Vayishman yishurun. Um, and so there's an alliteration, but also the fact that the one who is Yashar uh, now is starting to get fattened and forget and go off of the straight way. Vayishman Yishurun Vayivat. Yishurun became fat and rebelled. Shamanta Ravita Kasita. And that's now the claim to them. You become fattened, you become thickened, and you have rebelled. Vayitosh Eloha Asahu. He forgot, or he abandoned the God who made him, go back to the previous Aliyah, Vayinabel Tzur Yeshuato. And he degraded the rock of his salvation. So here, God took us out of Mitzrayim. He gave us all of this protection in the desert, like the eagle, as we saw in the previous Aliyah, fed us all of this bounty and all of this wonderful things. As a result of that, he became fatted, and he rebelled, and he forgot God who had taken care of him, and of course, Sur Yeshua Ato takes us back to Atsur Tamim Po'alo. When we think about the rock who is perfect in all of his ways, that's the one we rebelled against, and that justifies the divine reaction of punishment. Yakni'uhu Bizarim, he made him jealous with foreigners, meaning foreign gods, he turned to idolatry, Evot Yach Isuhu. He angered him with abominations. Yizbuchu la shedim lo Eloha, and they offered up to the demons that are not gods. Elohim lo yedaum. Even the gods don't know them. Chadashim mikarov ba'u lo sa'arum avotechem. New ones have come recently, meaning these are new gods you're importing, and your ancestors did not even anticipate this. Meaning that not only are you going after idols, and there's echoes of this all over Tarach, not only are you going after idolatry, but you're going to find new ones. For instance, in Yirmiyahu, Perak Bet, the Navi points out Tam Yisrael that even the other nations that worship gods, they worship their ancestral gods, but you guys go looking for new gods to worship. And at the end of Sefer Yoshua, when Yoshua is giving his admonition to the people, he says, Look, you don't want to worship God. And of course, he's egging them on to commit to worship God, which is what they do. You don't want to worship God. Worship your ancestral gods or the local gods. Those are the two choices he gives them. Not to go start hunting all over the world to find new gods to worship. So that's sort of the extra rebuke here. You brought new gods in. It's as if to say that rock that has given birth to you is now weakened. And you forgot the God who birthed you. And here it's becoming very intimate, very personal, very very hard-hitting that you have forgotten your own father. You've forgotten God who raised you up, who found you in the desert, who protected you like an eagle protects its young, carrying you on its wings, brought you to the land, gave you all of this wondrous bounty, and you forgot him, you rebelled, and ultimately abandoned him. That's going to take us to the beginning of the next Aliyah, 
and the parent-child relationship is echoed there again, but in the meantime, we will pause at this point, and before ending this podcast, just take it one more piece in the methodology of understanding Shirata Azinu. As I mentioned in the opening podcast, Shirata Azinu is presented in Parshat Vayelach as being the song that everyone should know. As a matter of fact, there's a custom among many people to learn this song by heart and recite it and have it sima b'fihem, as the text says, have it in their mouths. And the reason is that when the terrible things that are prophesied in Paraklamet Aleph in the chapter before this come to pass, and Ben Israel say, how could this have happened? Recite the song and you'll see. This is sort of a recipe for understanding exile and persecution. And when you look and say, why have all these things happened? You say, well, look at all of the great things that we got and look at our how we responded to it. As I mentioned, Sforno identifies each one of the aliyot as belonging to a particular epoch of, of the history. This is the epoch of being in the land and rebelling, of being, having, being in the land and going after idolatry, essentially uh, the first monarchy or the first temple period, which of course ended not only with the destruction, but more significantly for the purpose of this, ended with exile. And um, that is going to be the theme of the next Aliyah, which we will get to in the next podcast. In the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.